What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Unapologetically Black Male, where we talk about surviving the stigma, standards, and systems. Once again, my name is Dwayne Pate. I'm one half of the co-host of the host here. Um, my other co-host, he'll he'll be in in a minute, brother EJ Stewart. Once again, Unapologetically Black Male, uh, where we talk about surviving stigma, standards, and systems. It's a, a podcast meant to the to highlight the stories of African American men and how they uh, achieve their level of success and until where they are uh, right now. We have another special guest. A brother I know since high school, um, a, a special guest that he's going to kind of give us uh, some information about what it, who he is, what he does. So, brother Justin, can you can you tell a little bit about yourself? Yeah, how you doing? My name is Justin Good. Yes, I'm uh, a real estate investor, uh, a black man, un, un, unapologetic black man mm-hmm. who has um, you know started from the beginning, uh, worked his way from the be- you know from the bottom, and continue to you know continue to work every day and progress every day. Uh, I work primarily in real estate. I'm also a licensed insurance agent, uh, full-time entrepreneur who has, um, you know, went through the trials and tribulations and built um, throughout time to, you know, become uh, the person that I am today, the man that I am today, the family man that I am today. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm very appreciative to be here today. I want to thank Dwayne for having me on. Uh, I, I greatly appreciate this opportunity to be able to uh, tell my story. And also, you know, share this experience with you because, uh, again, you are you are you are a brother who I've known from high school. And, Absolutely. And to be here to this day, um, I'm, I'm very appreciative of that. So I want to thank you also, first and foremost. No problem, no problem. So let's 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 dig a little bit into the the um the journey. So how did you get started into real estate and to and to getting into this uh, that field? Um, you know, we hear a lot about how real estate is. I know for me personally. I hear about a lot about how real estate is the way to build wealth um, in the nation right now, or just for mm-hmm. us as African American men, because for so long, you know, we haven't had that opportunity to own or to be, you know, owners of land or properties or different things like that. So, tell us about how you got started in, in that avenue and that venture. I started off actually because, um, by accident, in a sense. Okay. You know, uh, I was introduced to it by a gentleman who was a client of mine in the insurance business um, because I started off as an insurance agent and um, selling a life insurance. And I still am a licensed insurance agent to this day uh, because I feel there's power and in, 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 in importance in being able to provide life insurance and have life insurance for us as a family as a way to also transfer wealth. Mm-hmm. Um and as meeting that gentleman, he introduced me to the life insurance industry. I mean, he introduced me to the real estate industry, I'm sorry. And he showed me how you can be able to acquire property for very little money. You know, you can, you, you can come in and if you creatively be able to create, you know, find a way to be able to get into the business, you can be able to build a, a, a very strong foundation. So I got into the business by a strategy called hmm. wholesale investing. Um, which is basically the idea of acquiring property and selling property using contracts. Mm-hmm. And by using those contracts, you're able to actually create a profit in between. Um, selling property for, you know, mainly properties that are uh, undervalued and in undervalued mm-hmm. areas and, and, and selling them for more value. Um and wholesale investing was one of the first strategies that I was able to learn and master in the real estate investing industry. And, and, and that led me to uh, buy and hold investing, 
mm-hmm. buy and hold investing was the ability to be able to buy property and, and rent it to other uh, residents. Mm-hmm. I don't like to call them tenants, I like to call them residents, to be able to rent to others. And, and that strategy was able to give me the opportunity to be able to build passive income. And mm-hmm. passive income, as we all know, is a very creative way to be able to build long-term wealth because you're able to have, have income coming in on a monthly basis, on an annual basis, and um, cover your monthly expenses and things of that nature. So it was a very creative way to be able to get into the business from the beginning, starting with wholesale investing and then transferring over to that, transitioning into that, into uh, buying whole investing. So that's how I was able to get into the business, introduced to it by another gentleman who, who said, hey, look, here's an opportunity for you to come in and be able to creatively have, an op- you know, uh, the ability to acquire property. Mm-hmm. And then from there, market those properties to other people who are looking to buy property and potentially flip those properties for an investment. So, uh, or, or buy those properties and hold them for an investment, you know, to, to hold them and, and, and have long-term income. And then from there, build up enough equity on my on my side to be able to now get my slice of the pot onto the side of buying land and buying my own rental property mm-hmm. and doing that same thing with the rental property. So that, that's how I was able to get started into the business. Got started at a pretty young age, and over time I continued to build, and and it's been a great opportunity for, you know, it's been a great business for me. This is what I do full-time, you know, all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm fortunate to, been, to have been able to have been introduced to this opportunity into this business. Awesome. Awesome. So so with, with that, what what has been some of the um, some of the key lessons that you've learned in this journey? Because, you know, I know it was, you know, it wasn't all wins. You didn't win every time mm-hmm. that you went to the table. But like what was some some of the key lessons that you learned early that's kind of helped sustain you uh, this far and to help you keep moving forward? I think one of the biggest lessons is it's about relationships. Mm-hmm. Many times um, people are trans transactional mm-hmm. you know you come into a business and you think that you meet a person and it's about doing a transaction with that person but what it's more about is building a relationship with that person if you build a relationship with someone you can be able to grow through life with them and be able to have long-term business opportunities with that person or long-term business relationships with that person so one of the business one of the biggest lessons i've learned is to not look at everything as transactional mm-hmm to have everything like a relationship. Even like with you, me and you, Dwayne, we have a relationship. It's not a transactional. You right. Know, you know, we started in high school together. And we, you know, we went through life as, you know, seeing each other and, you know, going through school. It's a, it's a, it's a relationship. So we can be able to have this conversation later on in life and be able to talk about the things that we've experienced through life. That's mm-hmm. relationship. That's about building a relationship. When you have a strong relationship with somebody, you can be able to have this conversation right now. But if you do a transaction with someone, it may just be something that you do one time and that's it. So the biggest lesson I learned is to when you meet someone in business or in life period, don't look at it as something that's transactional. Look at it as something as something that can be a relationship that you can build with a person and grow through time. That's one of the biggest lessons I learned. Uh, in addition to doing your research, mm. do your research, understand the business that you're in understand the industry that you're in and understand that what you know whatever you're doing you have to have some knowledge as to what it is you're doing because if you have that knowledge you can be able to grow with that and build on that knowledge and that can take you a long way through business because if you don't you know people who are transactional can take advantage of you 
because mm-hmm. they feel like you don't have the knowledge, you know. So make sure you have the knowledge and acquire the knowledge of whatever it is you're doing to perfect your craft. And that's what I've been able to do over time. Awesome. Yeah, you got you got any questions? So so you guys uh went to high school together, huh? <laughs> <laughs> De- dealing with some yes, uh yes, poets. Yes, poets yeah. on the line here and I, I see yeah, he has his brother. That's my that's my poor brother there. Absolutely. See, see he has his Orioles gear on, you know, you know <laughs> trying trying to stay focused, but it's but it's blinding me. Um, but you know, I, I don't know if you were able because you know I had to jump on a little late, but you know, tell us what it was like for you um, growing up here in Baltimore City and, you know, mm-hmm. things that you experienced and in, in, in how you are here today and how that shaped you and who you are here today. Growing up in Baltimore City has shaped me to be a, uh, a very stern and very aware person. Mm-hmm. You have to be aware of your surroundings. You have to be very stern. Um, it makes you to be tough. Um, we grew up in a hyper-masculine society, a hyper-masculine community, mm-hmm. um, and, 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 and it makes you very, very tough at a very young age. So um, what I was able to learn is to be strong, and, and what I've acquired is to be strong in whatever it is you do. So growing up in Baltimore has, you know, really taught me that, you know, even from the days of, uh, you know, going to school or walking to school, mm-hmm. um, you had to be very, very hyper-masculine. So um, in that in that kind of environment, it makes you out to be, and sometimes more 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 masculine than you need to be, because you know in some cases you might you know you you, you might want to just you know go to school, you might just want to play sports, you might just want you know you might just want to walk with your you know your girlfriend down the street, whatever it may be. Growing up in Baltimore makes you really really tough. It's a tough city, um, but I believe that toughness also can make you a strong entrepreneur Mm. and make you a good entrepreneur because now you can't say you don't take no as a as as an answer too often Mm -hmm. you don't you know you you don't look to you don't look left when someone tells you to look right you know sometimes when somebody tells you to look right you question it for a reason but you might look right after the fact because of what you you know your your, your surroundings and what you're growing up to be so, you know, growing up in Baltimore has, you know, really made me be, honestly, the, the entrepreneur that I am today. The person that I am today has, you know, is, is because of my surroundings, because of my upbringing, because of growing up in Baltimore City. Um, and I'm appreciative of that. I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to be a product of Baltimore and to be a, a successful businessman in Baltimore, to have property that I own in Baltimore, land that I own in Baltimore, uh, and, and continue to grow from there. So... I'm really glad to be from. I, I wouldn't want to be from anywhere else. I really wouldn't. Your baseball team might, but you know y'all won today. But you know, <laughs> it's all right. I'm a Yankees fan. I'm not so even I gotta, gonna take it there. I'm, not I, I'm a Yankees fan, so I, I I gotta I gotta get my digs when I can. But go but, ahead, um, go ahead. I'm gonna let you have it. I'm gonna let you have it. <laughs> but but you know that that it's it's fascinating though, and, and you know like I just said um, earlier in another interview because you know we. We talked to so many people from all over. We talked to so many brothers from all different walks of life, different places, mm-hmm. and so many things blend together. And a brother just said the same thing today. You know, growing up in that time, having to be masculine, all of that. Um, him being a father, he he said he had to reevaluate how he parents now because of that. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you you know are a parent, but if you are. 
um, or just, you know, being a leader outside of business, just how, how does that hyper-masculinity, how has it changed? How do you allow it to impact your relationships now or parenting or anything? I'm not a parent personally. I have nieces and nephews. Basically, um, and basically my, a parent from afar. Indeed. Yeah, at the same time, right? It makes you change the way you actually parent or look over those that you are overseeing because of the fact that I've had a, a different upbringing and we're in a different world now. So even when I look at my niece or I look at my nephews, um, I look at them in a, in, in a different light. I kind of have a little bit more of an understanding as to where they come from versus where I was. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, again, I, you know, when I, when I was coming up, it was more about if you fall and you hurt yourself, it was like, suck it up, mm-hmm. you know, stand up. Even more, that's that hyper-masculinity that we have. That was the word that I heard a lot when I was young. Suck it up. Suck it up. And, and now it's more so like of me having the ability to try to embrace if they're hurting. Embrace mm-hmm. if they're in pain. Embrace that. And, and understand that a little bit more. So it may actually change me a little bit. You know, you know, the way I was raised has changed me to not try to be the same person to the ones that I love because I don't, I understand that that can change you. That can make you not want to express yourself as much as I did because Mm -hmm. if I was going through pain you know, at a younger age, maybe I didn't express it because I was told to suck it up, because I was told to man up, because Mm -hmm. I was told to continue to move. But now if I have a loved one who's going through that same pain, I do my best to understand that pain and, 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 and relate to their pain. And, act, and, and figure out a way that I can be able to remedy that pain where that wasn't something that I was actually, you know, given when I was my age, when I was, mm-hmm. you know, when I was young, I was coming up, it was about suck it up. It was, you know, it was about you know, being tough. So it's changed me in a major way. And, you know, it's changed me in a major way looking back. And I feel like that comes with age. That comes with time. As they say, the older you get, the wiser you get. And mm-hmm. I firmly believe that. You know, you, you get, you know, at what age comes wisdom. And that mm-hmm. wisdom gives you the ability to be able to look at things a lot different than you would if you were 14 years old, 24 years old. You know, I'm pushing 40. So at that point, I'm looking at it a lot different at this point in my life than I would half my, you know, half, you know, half the years ago. If I was 20 years old, I'll be looking at things a lot different. So it's, it's made me want to embrace it. It's under understand that we're in a different world that we live in now. We're mm-hmm. not living in the same world. So we have to raise the ones that we love to, you know, in the world that we're living in today, not the world that we grew up in. So it's made me soften up a little bit. Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was, you know, more of that, you know, hyper masculinity, you know, that was my upbringing. Absolutely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It definitely has a way of kind of shifting your perspective um, when it comes to that. Um, and Absolutely. I think, I, and like, like you said, it comes a time, you know, at the end of the day, we're all supposed to, we're, we're all supposed to grow, not saying that we will grow, but it's a, like an internal motivation for us. Like I, I see, I need to do better in certain areas. So let me continue to strive to get better in those areas. And I just think that's one of the areas, you know, knowing that the time, the era that we, where we were raised in, you know, I, I was telling, I was telling somebody the other day, like I was raised in the era 
where you had to dial seven, where you, where, was, where you still had to dial seven digits. It wasn't 10 digits. Uh, uh, <laughs> absolutely. It wasn't when, 10 digits. It was seven. It, it, was, it, seven. Wasn't it was, you ain't have no area code. Uh, so it's like, uh, I was, I was telling people, I know, I know what it's like to not have a computer. And I just know what it's like to kind of thrive in the computer era. Um, right. Because we lived in so many, like in, in so many different areas almost that, you know, we have adjusted well. And I think as we continue to grow, we we continue to adjust um, not only to, you know, our parenting styles, the way we mentor, the way we imp um, Im impact our family, but us personally as men, um, just learning how to operate and move differently and just really start, uh, starting to identify the legacy that we want to live, leave to not only to our families, but, you know, to our friends. What is it that, you know, we want to say uh, we wanted to say about us? um when we ultimately kind of leave this earth you know we want to make sure that we leave a lasting legacy that's not just you know bills or debt but something that's you know like we talked about earlier creating that generational wealth creating that identity of you know we we got here we're going to stay here and uh, it's not going to be something that we got to continue to fight to keep and i think that's you know that's the mindset that you know we have to have moving forward so like Absolutely. with that with with that being said like what is your ultimate definition of success for you? My ultimate definition of success is having the freedom to do what I want to do when I want to do it mm -hmm. and being able to give my family and my loved ones the ability to do whatever they want to do when they want to do it. That's my ultimate definition of success. Um, first and foremost, having the health to be able to do it as well. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times people leave health out of success. And you can be as successful as you want to consider yourself. If you don't have the health mentally and physically mm -hmm. to be able to experience it and enjoy it, how successful really are you? So mm -hmm. part, of my, part of success to me is having the mental and physical health to be able to enjoy whatever it is you see as being successful. Mm -hmm. So even if it's having a family, and having a healthy family, being healthy to enjoy being around that family has to be a part of that in order to have success. You know, even if it's having riches and, you know, wealth, being healthy to be able to enjoy those riches and wealth and be able to, you know, do the things you want to do with the riches and wealth has a major part of that. So I, I, I speak a lot about health and wealth because I'm really, really big on that. So part of my success is, Oh, my definition of success is having the health to in, to be able to enjoy it, having the freedom to be able to do what you want to do when you want to do it. That is my definition of success, in addition to my family and my loved ones being able to do the same. If my family or my loved ones want to go to school, they want to, you know, if they want to see the world, if they want to work in a certain position, if they want to uh, get into a certain business, being able to provide, having the ability to help them in any kind of way, mentally or physically, so they can be able to do that, that to me is success. In addition to having the health to be able to enjoy those things and be in a position to provide those things. That is the definition of success for me. Absolutely. This is a question that I always kind of ask, um, you know, entrepreneurs like yourself uh, or, you know, successful people like yourself. Coming from that era that we come from where <laughs> we were pretty, pretty much told, hey, listen, man, either go to school or get a job 
or you got to get up out of here. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 it, we were we weren't a lot of us may not have been taught to seek so much more or to be brave to step out there and and, and get more and do the non traditional things. What made you so brave and bold and confident that you could do this and and, and veer from the traditional? I'm just going do this and do what my parents or whoever taught me to do one thing. How did you become so bold? I believed in myself. I believed in myself. I knew that that was something that I could do. I was introduced to the, you know, self-employed world first, Mm. where you had to work for yourself. And it was instilled in me at the age of 20. Look, you can go out and do for yourself and you can go out and provide for yourself. So I believed in myself and I feel like, Many people, with many people, if all people, it starts from there. You have to believe in yourself. So, you know, what it became with me was me believing in myself to be able to say, you know what, I'm willing to bet on myself and say, if I go out here and I fail, it's on me. If I go out here and succeed, it's on me. So having that belief in myself to say, you know what, I'm going to go out here and do this, in addition to acquiring the proper knowledge, Mm. many people jump out of the airplane or jump out of the window without the proper knowledge of what it is they're actually jumping into right Mm -hmm. and they have no parachute give yourself the knowledge of what it is you're trying to do whether it's a book you know youtube whatever it is you're going to you know provide as your your form of education believe in yourself and acquire the proper knowledge it is that you want to acquire and whatever business it is you want to do whatever endeavor it is you want to take on believe in yourself first and then go out and acquire the proper knowledge you combine those two and you have a very strong possibility to have success i'm not going to say you're, you're guaranteed it mm-hmm. Maybe was, you know, i'm going to say you have a strong possibility to gain success those two things but you have to believe in yourself you have to acquire the proper knowledge and those are the two things that i feel i believe in myself i'm, I'm willing to bet on myself no matter what mm. and no matter what the, the situation is no matter what the industry is no matter what the business is i'm betting on myself i believe that i can do it i believe that if i walk into the room and it's a hundred people in that room that i can make it happen with you know out of those 100 people i'm going to bet on myself and I believe that that's where it comes in, the belief in yourself. As they say, if you believe it, you can achieve it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a firm believer of that. You know, <laughs> so, you know, I, I believe in myself. So I'm going to achieve success because I believe in myself. In my, in Indeed. Myself. Indeed. Absolutely. So so with that, with with your, the, the you believe in yourself, like, I know you mentioned mm-hmm. a couple people, but who are key individuals or key men in your life that has played a significant role for you to develop um, the tenacity, the, the the willpower, the confidence in yourself to get to where you are? Well, first and foremost, my father, my father. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why us as black men, as leaders, um, as fathers, it's very important that we are in each other's, you know, children's and loved ones' life. Mm-hmm. Because if there's no question, one of the first people that believed that I feel like was, was a person that can instill that in me was my father. Uh, outside of that, um, 
other individuals that were in industries that looked at me and said, look, I believe in you. Sometimes those words are very powerful. And we don't realize it until we hear someone else say it to us. Mm. I believe in you. Just hearing someone tell you that can really take you to, to, to a different level. Just looking at someone and say, hey, Dwayne, I believe in you, brother. Mm-hmm. EJ, I believe in you, brother. Like, I believe whatever it is you're going to do, I believe in you. And I'm willing to go with you wherever you want to go. Whatever, if, you, if it's three doors and you're going behind the third door, I believe that behind that third door, wherever you're going to go, you're going to reach what you're looking for. And I believe in you. And I'm willing to go behind you with behind that door. Having someone that's willing to say that can instill a certain level of confidence in you that can make you acquire success, that can, you know, that can motivate you to acquire whatever goal it is you're looking to reach. Mm-hmm. So it started with, in the household with me, because it mm-hmm. started with my father. You know, and and, I, and, and and that's why I'm really huge on black men of raising their black children and black men believing in their black in their children. Mm-hmm. Because if you just say, I believe in you, those words have I'm believing you, I'm proud of you, I'm happy for you. These are we these are words that are very, very powerful. And it's a transfer of energy. Energy doesn't die. It transfers from one party to the next. So if you transfer that positive energy from from yourself to someone else, it can make you go to sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. Sky's the limit. So for me, my father. In addition to that, other individuals that were in the industries that I was getting in, insurance to start and real estate next, that mm-hmm. actually said, hey, I believe in you. I believe you can do this. I've done this. I believe you can do much better than me. And I actually took heed to those actual words mm-hmm. and took my and took my business to where it is now today we um we discussed at some point um on the show you know estate planning and planning for the future and just talking about in this culture in this community how it's taboo it is um as a brother of, of our age you know range um how difficult how taboo how left field has it felt to maybe sell not sell but promote what life insurance is to our community our age group and maybe older or younger how has that experience been for you very very difficult it is taboo no one likes to talk about the end Hmm. because you don't know when it's going to so no one wants to talk about the un like it's it's the uncertain certainty. It's it's a certain thing, but it's uncertain as to when. No one wants to talk about that. And my and, you know and, and I've I've experienced this for you know for years. It's one of the most difficult things to try to instill in someone is that day, and we don't know what happens if. It's the big if. It's the biggest if you can add, you you can you can explain is what if. So for me, it's always been difficult, but I always try to use examples, and those examples are those of people from the past. You know, no one wants to be in a position where they're passing the hat around. No one wants to be in a position where, you know, someone is left without, and now they're out here um, having to, you know, scratch and, and, and fight just to be able to provide whatever it is they're going to provide for their family. So it's become very difficult and it is taboo 
it's one of the most taboo conversations I can have with someone. I do my best to have it, uh, but I don't think that will ever change. Um, um, it, I, I look forward to it possibly changing, but it's something that's very, very difficult to explain to someone that, look, we have to talk about what if. In the event of this happening, what are your, what is your family going to be in position to be able to provide for themselves for the next umpteen years in the event this happens? Very, very difficult, and I do my and I do my best to explain it to people. But um, it's been a challenge. It, 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 it very much has been a challenge. Got you. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I, and I think that's one of the reasons why we want. I wanted to have the um, the person on. Um, his name was James Worthy. He did real estate and will planning. We talked a little bit about you know okay. life insurance and different things like that. And that was one of the main reasons why I wanted to get him on because I know that this is such a taboo topic that we don't Absolutely. that we don't we don't talk about, nor do we want to talk about it. Because it's like when you talk about you know in, in black culture, when you talk about money or anything revolving around money, it becomes an issue because we're not used to having those difficult conversations, um, and we have to start having them within our family and with even within our immediate circle. Like I told my friends. The other day, like, listen, I'm about to start doing my will in the, my will in the state. Just know this is your role, and you need to do your role. Uh, <laughs> this will go get the kids. This will go manage the funds. Like, that's how we're gonna roll. Um, and I think that's what we got. We gotta have those conversations. I mean, because at the end of the day, you know, we like you said, we pushing forty. You know, if you know, if we are if we are lucky, or you know, if we have the ability, we didn't live half our lives already. So how do how we, want, we definitely have a bit life? Absolutely. <laughs> so most, how do we most certainly? <laughs> how, how do we want to leave a legacy for the for what what did the next half of our life look like and how do we set it up for those who are coming behind us? Yeah, it, it, it's. I since, say this. I say a lot. Yeah. yeah. No, go ahead, bro. I say a lot when I um when I talk to a lot of friends or loved ones or even clients of mine, I say, hey, I like the trap. Um, and one of the places I go to a lot is Marriott. Whenever I walk into a Marriott, you see a picture of Marriott mm-hmm. somewhere in that particular hotel, right? Or if you go into certain households um, that have acquired wealth or they are wealthy families, you see a picture over the fireplace, mm-hmm. right? Do you want your picture over the fireplace? You have the ability to be able to put yourself in the position to have that picture over your fireplace just by making simple plans. Mm. Not easy, but simple. Making plans to put yourself in a position so that in in the event that something happens, your family has a legacy that you've left behind so that your picture can be over the fireplace for decades, for generations to come. Mm. And that's something that's very important. And a Marriott one is the Marriott piece is enough is, is huge because you go in, you can't walk into a Marriott and not see JW Marriott standing on a painting somewhere mm. in the hotel. And that all started from a legacy that was built. So you can build a legacy or you can have your family pass around a hat and go through different struggles and that same struggle continues to pass on. So that is one of the main things that I've always instilled and people and it's worked for me and it's worked for the clients that I work with, it's worked for the loved ones and the closer friends of mine because they understand when I make that point, okay, now you know, you, you you're making some sense in, as to what's going on because no one wants to, you know, have to even have the fathom the thought of that. 
that their family or their loved ones are struggling or can't even, you know, make ends meet because they didn't make the proper planning. So it starts with making the proper proper plan. If so, go from there. So, absolutely. It, it just amazes me. And I think as a generation, we got to give ourselves a lot of credit because I, every time that I talk, we talk to brothers and these light bulbs go off in my head. We really are that generation that didn't get the knowledge, you know, spoon fed to us, didn't have the tech, didn't have the the space. We we remember what it's like not to 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 be seen and not heard and not have these conversations. And and now we're in that position where we're really playing we're still playing catch up, but we 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 we're getting to that playing field. We're coming to the to the table with a lot more knowledge, but damn, this is, damn it, this is tough. You know, <laughs> you talking about unlearning generations of of history and, and behaviors and, you know, the field that we're all in, we're all faced with challenged, I mean, we've, we're all challenged and faced with the adversity of literally turning around our entire culture mm. and the mindset. I mean, we've had Absolutely. some brilliant minds come Absolutely. before us brilliant you know our elders and everything but they still you know failed not failed but but still didn't have these thoughts and and and, and things in mind not everyone um and not culturally in a communal sense and it's it's just nuts to me you know because just hearing you say that you know your experience is just nuts to me with the gofundmes the the everything going on that people are still where we are you know, specifically speaking to our community, because mm-hmm. that's that's what's most salient for us. But it's it's just amazing to me. Mm. Yes, it is to me also. Even when it, it could be loved ones that you know, and families that have already gone through, you know, these different things, and and, and it's still we face it. Um, it's generational, and you know, mm. it's about breaking that. It's about breaking that generational curse, breaking that generational chain and starting and i feel like we are the generation that can be able to do that because we have at our fingertips the knowledge that many generations before us didn't have and the reason why we have that knowledge is because it's right at our fingertips we can pull up a lot of these this information you know it's all about what you look for if you look for this if you look for the right information you can find it right now there was once a time you maybe had to go to a library mm-hmm. you maybe had to get you know a different kind of book or a different or you go take a certain class or have a certain type of, you know, have a mentor in your life that was willing to point you in the right direction. Now we have the ability to get that information in our, right at our fingertips. So I believe that we, particularly, are the generation to be able to actually break that curse and bring it, break it down for most generations that haven't had it or will have it in the years to come, because it, you know generations before us didn't have it. So that, that's what we have. We have that ability. We do. We genuinely have that ability to be able to break that curse and provide it for all loved ones that's going to come after us. Absolutely. And I think as long as we continue to have this conversation, as long as we continue to have the mindset for ourselves to impact our immediate circle, I think that's how we begin to spread the Mm -hmm. word and begin to change the mindset of others. Because, you know, we all reach out different demographics. We all have a set of group uh, circle that we we we, have, we can talk to and they have a set of circles that they talk to so the, the more we continue to share this information the more we continue to learn from each other 
the more that we can help change the mindset of everybody that we come in contact with. And it starts with us. So, man, I definitely, definitely applaud yeah, you for what you're, for what you're doing and what you're um, with the real estate um, and just kind of, you know, making that, you know, and the, and the entrepreneur and the vision that you have for yourself um, to, you know, to create wealth, to right. do what you want to do <laughs> when you want to do it. <laughs> I think that's the, you know, I think that's the, that's, that's the goal. That's, that's, that's the idea of success. And, I, and, and, and mind you, I haven't reached that level and that pivotal of success yet. That's my idea of success mm -hmm. and, and my definition of success. That's what I work every day for. I work every day to put myself in position to be able to not have to, you know, worry about anything and to do what I want when I want to do it and to have my family in position where they can do whatever they want when they can do it. But by no means am I in that position right here right now that's what i'm working towards i'm mm -hmm. working towards success every day and that's what it's about working towards what are you working towards that's what i'm working towards i'm working towards putting myself in that position how do i do that continuing to acquire property continue to acquire land continuing to build my passive income continuing to take care of my health and work out as much as possible and make sure that i'm healthy so that i can be able to enjoy these things this is what I'm working towards. I'm working towards that, that idea of success. So that's my idea of it. Even, even, even getting to a point where I'm older in age mm -hmm. and my family has the position to be able to do these things. That is success for me. Mm -hmm. the loved ones have the position to do uh, They can do what they want to do. Because there's something that I've learned uh, early on, brothers, that uh, is very important. And, and that I, I, I've acknowledged as well. Many of us are first generation, mm -hmm. meaning that we are first generation in whatever it is we do. And in most cases, the first generation is the, you know, that's the one who puts the most work in, right? Mm -hmm. we, 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 you know, <laughs> if you're first generation, pigs. no matter what you do, <laughs> yes, we are first generation. So it's kind of like, okay, whatever it is we do, we're the ones that's going to put our sons and our grandsons and great-grandsons and nephews and nieces. We're putting them in the position to be able to do the things that they want to do, whatever it is they want to do. Absolutely. And that's how most families, when you hear about these families, these, these rich families or these rich names, it was the first generation, it was the person at that first generation that did the things and put, put the work in that you, pro they're the ones you really don't hear about. Mm -hmm. You hear about the heirs. You know, the heirs are the ones that have been able to reap the benefits. So for me, Reaping the benefits is not really the idea. It's about, okay, I'm going to do what I want to do, but my family, leaving my name, having that picture over top of the fireplace, that is what it's about. That's the idea of success for me. Because mm -hmm. once I'll be able to do that, then I've achieved success. So it's about an achievement. It's about setting a goal. Okay, if I reach that goal, then, okay, we're going to set a new goal. But mm -hmm. first generation is always going to be the hardest, and no matter what we do. And most of us are first generation because of the things that I spoke about, because we have the, the access to the knowledge, because we have mm -hmm. the access to the information, because we have the ability to continue to build and grow. We're first generation. So at being first generation, that is the hardest. We work the hardest and we do the most. We're up early. We're up late. You know, many of us start our days early and, and finish our days so that the, our loved ones, don't have to do the things that we're going through. That's the last mm. thing you want to see is our loved ones, our heirs, to have to be like, we want them to be able to have the ones that be the ones that enjoy the success and continue to 
to grow the legacy and grow the name. So by all means, first generation, that's where we are right now. That's where I am. I'm a mm -hmm. first generation real estate investor. Anybody that's in my family and my loved ones and my heirs, they're going to inherit what it is that I've acquired. Mm -hmm. And that's the that's what it is about. You know, then the Nazi the, the still, they're going to inherit it. It's going to grow to them. And they're going to be the ones that grow and build on it from there. So that's what it's about. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I just want to thank you for um, just what your willingness to come on and share your story and just kind of give us a little insight of the things that you do and which, you know, and how you view life and how you view success. So definitely appreciate you for taking time uh, to, to hop on the podcast and just kind of bless us with the wisdom um, so that we can continue to share this positivity. And salute you for, you know, Absolutely. surviving. I appreciate you, brothers, for having me. Salute you for surviving, you know, society's uh, standards and stigmas and systems and being unapologetically you know the black man you are man that's that's what it's all about and, and and it's an inspiration so definitely you know keep sharing the knowledge and in the story absolutely i appreciate you brothers for having me on i really do i'm going to continue to be that person and i, I actually love uh, just just the name itself unapology black man i love that just right there in itself that's what i am and that's what we all are and we're going to continue to build we're going to continue to grow continue to become better um i feel like i'm just starting to hit my prime mm -hmm. you know in the life that i've become in the man that i'm becoming i'm just hitting my prime so you know even though you know we're pushing 40 i mean at least me and myself you know we're pushing 40 in my in my age bracket so it's like you know <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling like I'm just getting started, man. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm in my prime right now. You know, I'm feeling great. You know, I'm healthy. I'm, I work out every day. You know, there's certain things that I feel like, you know, there's no stopping. There's no mm -hmm. stopping what we can do, no stopping what we all can do, especially if we come together and continue to share positivity, continue to um, grow together. And as I mentioned before earlier, energy is not, it, it doesn't die. It only passes from one party to the next. Mm -hmm. You brothers, you, you, your energy is passed on to me, and, and vice versa. It continues to go around. As, as long as we continue to share that energy and spread that energy, and it continues to grow, the sky's the limit as to where we all can go as a generation, um, as a race, you know, as human beings, as black men, as unapologetic black men. It's no, it's no limit to where we can go. Absolutely. Man, I appreciate you for that. And, you know, we're going to end on that note. Once again, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for being our guest. Thank you for sharing your story. And I want to thank everyone who's tuning into this episode. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, share. Um, let's continue to promote this uh, information. Uh, uh, Jay, if they want to get in contact with you to kind of get more information about, you know, the real estate, um, how, what's the best way to get in contact with you? I have an Instagram. I have a business page, um, Good Global. That's G-O-O-D-E, Global. Mm -hmm. And I have a, a private Facebook group. I have a private Facebook group where people who are joining, and I have direct connection with them, and that's called the Cream Blueprint. The Cream Blueprint on on Facebook. So you know, be able to connect with me, and um, I'm very very interactive. So if you if you hit me up, I can you know answer any questions. I, I can make connections. I have personal one on ones. Whatever it is, you know, we're willing to have to continue to build. So by all means, reach out to me. 
Absolutely. And we'll make sure we put all that information underneath uh, the podcast and, and post it when we um, air the podcast as well. So once again, thank you all for joining us on this week's episode of Unapologetically Black Male, where we talk about surviving the stigma, standards, and systems. Once again, this podcast is meant to highlight the stories of African-American men who have overcome different, uh, different trials, tribulations to get to where they are, but they still remain positive and they still are sharing that information that we'll share with them. So make sure you continue to share this, help us promote this positivity in the, um, in the atmosphere, in the universe, and let's make this thing great. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.